The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. That's the catchiest tune I've ever seen. See? Well, hello everybody. Dutch Allen here. It's Inside Tinseltown, episode 11. I'm Dutch Allen. You got go picture, kids. This is the Knapsack Files podcast feed. It's a Saturday night special light up here. I got the singing. I'm clinking the drinks. I've been under the weather. Can you hear? Can you tell? Yeah, I've been under the weather, too. Uh, we're at New Studios here. That's my producer, Petey. Wave at the camera. There's no camera here. <laughs> hey, uh, I was a producer for a long time in Hollywood. This is why we do the show here. We grew inside Tinseltown because I used to tell people, go picture. You got go picture, kid. Or you should tell them, get up, get out of the office, move out of the city. There was only about one time I think I ever really told someone uh, in a meeting that, Petey, that uh, you don't have what it takes. Because I do believe creativity can be, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's a miss, and it's it's very often for the same person on the on, on consecutive days. Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, there are people who hit home runs every night. Frankie Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis for at least five years. These are the people, I get it. That, that, that were in that stratosphere that could hit the home runs all the time there. And Mickey Mantle. But even Mickey Mantle. I watched Mickey Mantle. I'll tell you what, a Yankee fan growing up there. But Mickey Mantle in the late 60s, hanging on with the Yankees there, uh, well after he thought his playing days would be done. And quite frankly, his life would be done there. Mick, Mick uh, we had a lot of, lot of things going on in his family. Uh, the death of his father very early. That he, that he, the genes don't say, I'm going to be going a long time. That's why he went hot. I tell you, I was there one night at the Copa, what's the Copa Cabana Club there with Billy Martin, uh, Whitey Ford, Mickey Mantle. Uh, I, I think Gil McDougal was there a little bit later. This is mid-50s. Uh, McDougal's a utility infielder for the Yankees there during the time. And I saw those guys, they drink everyone under the table. Billy Martin was a rebel rouser. This is a fact. It's a well-known documented fact. Um, and I, I love my Yankees. But the mixter, as someone who hit home runs all the time until the end. But even then, there was always... The potential. Always the potential there. But uh, creativity is uh, is neither here nor there. You know, I, you know, I would never want to dampen anyone's dreams. That's my point. That's my point. And I, I'll tell you what, there was only one time uh, a screenwriter came in to pitch a project. There. This is probably uh, early 70s. And I, I, I looked across. And, you know, I imagine this is time I'm talking to people like uh, uh, Frankie Coppola, Georgie Lucas, all these people. And, and he pitched some project. And I said, hey, uh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Across from this studio, there's a restaurant, and they serve a great garlic bread. They have a very, very, very hospitable bar, and they're always looking for help. And I said, you should get up, maybe take a little walk around the studio property here. You got a pass. You're under my name. I trust you. Take in the sights. Take a picture of the water tower. And this is not a day where you could yank out your cell phone and take a picture, you know. So grab a camera. Buy one from the gift shop. Uh, you know, uh, take a picture. Soak in the memories. And then walk off because you're never coming back. I don't know what happened to him there. I don't know what happened to him there, over at that restaurant there. Uh, the service improved. So maybe I set him in the right direction. We are in new studios here. The Knapsack Files studios moved 
it was a very arduous process. Petey had a lot of heavy lifting to do, but we're set up here in a new in new digs. There's a nice ceiling fan that I don't know if you all can hear there, but it's uh, blowing right on my uh, balding head, and it feels so good. It almost so good that I might have to put the fedora back on. But to be honest, um, I store a lot of it at the studio, but I don't see it. I'm looking around the studio, and it looks like things are still in boxes. Uh, Kenny Apsock moved his studios, and Apsock Files Studios are based still in beautiful Burbank, California, where me and Johnny Carson tied one on many a night. I, I talked a lot about the smokehouse, and, and I've talked about that before there. But I'll tell you what, there was times uh, Johnny and I, uh, we weren't super close, but I was on the inside circle with Johnny. And we would sit there and drink till four in the morning, like right proper gentlemen in the old sense of the word. And uh, I'll tell you what, we, we, we would do it like on a Friday night. Uh, you wouldn't, uh, you'd go home and you really wouldn't wake up till Monday morning. Uh, but you get back in the office there. Johnny's monologue that night was always always had a little bit of a wink and a nod to the craziness over there. Uh, but uh, I, you know, uh, I don't even. What am I talking about? Oh, beautiful Burbank. I'm happy the Knapsack Files is still in Burbank. Moving is tough. I don't like moving. I tell you what, there was one time I uh, moved uh, up. Uh, I, I love living in Los Angeles. I love Hollywood. I love the I love the history of it there. Uh, I know I haven't had a chance to watch that new uh, uh, QT picture there, the Tarantino kid. He's got the once upon a time in Hollywood there movie. I have plans to see it there, but you know what? I lived it. I was there. And I, I don't feel as though I need to, uh, you know, relive a lot of those things. And I heard there's some problems with the movie. I heard there's some great things about the movie. That's the thing. That's the thing about art and the creativity. Uh, you may do put something creative out in the world, and it's all, that's where it stops. That's where your responsibility ends. Let me tell you something. All the movies, all the pictures we had made there, uh, that's the key to being creative. You just have to do it there. And I know that LaBeouf kid used to, he did that video there. You think I'm not hip, but I've seen it. He just yelling at people, flexing up, saying, uh, you can do it. But that's the truth. That's all your responsibility is. If you're a creative person listening to me, Dutch Allen, right now, here's what you, all you have to worry about is doing it, finishing it, and putting it out there. The rest, it's not on you. The rest, if you've done your job, maybe you hit some people, uh, hit some people in the hearts. Uh, if, if you haven't done your job, it, it doesn't connect. But also, you could put your heart into something, you do a great job, and there's going to be people out there, especially nowadays, who, uh, you know, they don't, uh, they just don't want to take uh, creativity uh, and appreciate it on any level. They just have their own ideas. They have their own web blogs and and uh, uh, channels on the internet, and that's fine. And believe me, we're doing uh, the digital media thing here right now. I got no problem with it there, but they they just want to do it. Uh, they maybe have done it, hasn't worked out, or they just feel as though they know how to do it better, even though they never have, and and, and that's it. So there, I know there's a lot of hubbub about uh, the once in a point of time in Hollywood there, but uh, I, I haven't seen it. I, I'll try to, and uh, we'll go from there. And then I'll register my opinion. Maybe we'll come back and talk about it on the show here. But I love living in Hollywood. And there was one stretch, I'll tell you what. There was one stretch in the late 80s. And I knew, I knew times were running down. I know we were working on, uh, we were starting to put together the uh, Driving Miss uh, uh, Daisy package, uh, trying to get Jessica Tandy to commit to it there. And uh, yeah, that was going to be, that, that, that extended my career for a little bit. I had some fingers in the project. And uh, I knew the time was done. I thought, okay, maybe it's, I, I love the big city. I love Los Angeles. I lived all over the hills, the valleys, the peaks, the, the, the you know, the, the mountaintops. I, I've done it all. I've done it all. But I thought, okay, you know, let's, uh, 
let's try something new. Uh, maybe it's time to move on. Uh, we're drinking a good bourbon and I hear. Um, and so I did. I, I uh, my, my wife at the time, I think it was wife three and a half, maybe. <laughs> Kidding, it was uh, definitely four. Uh, we, um, we had a serious talk. And I said, I think we got to step out. And she said, I, I don't think we should. I think you, I think you all, your heart is in the city. She says, I'll never forget this. She looks me dead in the eye. She says, Dutch, Dutch, I think you love this city more than you love me. I, I disagreed at the time. We were divorced in two years. So you tell me. But um, what happened is I packed up everything and I moved us uh, to Santa Barbara, California, which is a beautiful affluent area up on the coast there. Uh, a lot of Hollywood folks go there. And I'll tell you what, I, uh, Cookie Douglas's kid, Michael, um, had moved up there and was telling me about it. Said, you got to go up there. And I've been through, obviously, but I've been up and down the coast there. We were not, not, not familiar with Santa Barbara there. So uh, we, we, we take the Camaro up there, T-tops down, and uh, we, we head on up the coast. And we drive around, and, and we go down uh, State Street, it's called there, Santa Barbara, and there's a zoo there. And I'll tell you what, I'm not a big zoo guy. Uh, I do like the animals, but I checked in with the, we, we said, let's, uh, let's stop by the zoo for a little bit. And it's a small zoo. You know, it's a small zoo. Here's what you go in, you see, the, you see the monkeys, you see the elephants, you have a hot dog, you go home. And that's what we did. Uh, we checked in, and, but I, there was some about it. There were some birds there. There was those little meerkats. I love the meerkats. They poke up, and they look. It, really, what they're doing is they're scouting for enemies. You know, uh, maybe looking for prey. I don't know, uh, but they're definitely they're, they're like a they're like a good manager. Uh, not in baseball, not like Billy Martin, uh, who was a great manager there. Underrated time was with the Oakland A's. Remembered more for the New York Yankees, of course. That makes sense there. Uh, those teams in the 70s, when he was you know, not fired, and Bob Lemon and everyone was in, and Stick Michael came in at one point in the 80s and replaced him there. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, Billy Ball uh, uh, Billy Ball in Oakland was uh, was great. Britt Burns was a pitcher for the A's. that blew his arm out there. He would have been something great. He pitched for a while there. Uh, uh, Norris was the other kid. That paid. So anyways, um, I'm talking about like a manager, like a talent manager there. That's what I, I was looking at this meerkat. I'm standing there, the Santa Barbara breeze. We got the ocean breeze coming into the zoo there and I'm with the wife and, uh, and I look at, I go, look, I go, you calm, calm down for a second here. Cause she was, I don't know, she was screaming about some, uh, some birds she wanted to see the kookaburra. And I say, um, I said, look at this meerkat. This meerkat is standing up and it's watching for trouble and it's going to alert its friends. And it's going to do everything in its power to, to secure a paradise for everyone around it. I said, that, to me, is what Mikey Douglas was doing, uh, telling us to go to Santa Barbara. He's looking up, and he's looking out for us. I said, honey, we need to move. We need to move. We need to live here in Santa Barbara. So we went and had some uh, uh, margaritas downtown, State Street, like I said. Uh, Santa Barbara Bowl is a great venue up there. If there would have been a concert, I think we were trying to get some tickets to see Kenny Loggins. Turns out he was uh, he was not there. He was there the, the next weekend. It was uh, it was unfortunate because Kenny Loggins is, is rock and roll, baby. Uh, and so uh, we said, yeah, okay, let's move here. Let's let's do this. And I'll tell you, we packed up everything we had there, and it's tough. You know, you're packing up. It's neat. You can pack up your awards, everything that's on display, but you're packing up pants you haven't worn in a decade. And why you have these pants? You know, but you have memories. I don't know about you, Petey. I have memories attached to certain pairs of pants. It's just, it, it can't, uh, you can't, uh, you can't, I can't, I can't separate the emotions from certain pant. Pants? Pair of pants? What is it? I know it's, it's, I, I'm not doing a hack joke here. Like what is it? It's a pair, 
It's a pant. You go into a store, I'm high, I'm looking for a pant. It doesn't seem right. I, hello, I'd like a pant. If, if someone said that to me and I was working at a retail store, I'd be like, sir, you need to turn around and leave. Anyways, I don't know. You pack all this stuff up. And you're thinking, uh, you know, you, you think you pack, you pack, you pack, and, and, and you're done. And then you turn the corner and there's more. What I would do, oh, yeah, we hired. What? Yeah, no, we hired people. Of course, I, I, I don't lift. I don't do heavy lifting, Petey, come on. But, you know, you're moving stuff, you're getting it ready for, I'm not a monster. I'm getting ready for the movers. And I, I put I put stuff I put like a pile of, of, of basically trash clothes in the center of of, of, my, of our room, and I turn around. I'm like, "This is ridiculous. Why am I doing this?" But you know, at this point, you're committing. We had a nice house. It was like a five bedroom. We we were modest. It was like a five bedroom house, three car garage, uh, had a fountain, no fish. The whole time we lived there, two years until the separation and divorce, and the whole time I wanted a fish, at least. One fish. Give me one goddamn fish in a pond uh, and, and, and a little fountain on front. And I guess, you know, you got to feed them, take care of them. I get it. I love it. Um, they're no kookaburras, uh, <laughs> but I, I like them. Never the whole time. That's I knew we weren't settled. But I'm, I'm going back through. I got the, the pile of trash clothes on the floor and, and, and things. That I got papers from meetings, notes, handwritten notes from meetings 15 years prior. I had a note. That said, John Voigt, good kid, good actor, head might be a little loose. You know, it, it took a while, but we all learned that. So, uh, I swear to God, but here's, so I, I, I almost pulled the plug and said, honey, we're going to stay. Let's just, we'll run out the house, maybe uh, have weekend parties up there. That's different, you know? We'll go up there. We'll stock it with things. We go. We go. We'll head to a a, a, a a hardware store up there. We'll buy some nice uh, fixtures or something, and, and we'll call it a day. One of the movers comes in. Again, this is late eighties, and, and he says, uh, and he's got like one of the mullets, you know, mustache, wispy mustache, young kid, probably twenty four, twenty five, and he's uh, he says, sir. Um, you, uh, you, 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 those box of trash clothes. Uh, you, I don't know if he called them trash clothes, but that's what they were. I wouldn't have been offended. Um, I had one pair of pants. Turns out I bought in nineteen fifty eight. It was like eighty seven. I was wearing them still. Um, he says, "I like to, you know, I'll, I'll carry that box. Let me is that the box you need?" I say, "Absolutely." He goes, hey, "Let me ask you a question." See, he says, "You're Dutch Allen." I say, "Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely the name that uh, was on the contract." He goes, "No, no, I know, you know, I know who you are." I've seen your pictures. I like your pictures. And I go, oh, oh, brother, here we go. Oh, brother, here we go. And sure enough, he says, hey, I have a script I'd like you to read. Uh, I, I, it was a, not a moment of weakness, but I just, I look at him and say, look, let me tell you, you pack up my trash clothes and you get it on that goddamn truck, I'll talk about your script. He said, can I at least tell you about it? I said, you're fine. Get out. He walked out. Uh, you know, he said something about, ah, oh, you got to take a shot. That's what this town's about. I said, it's not about that. That's not what networking is. But I said to my tournament wife, I said, we are definitely going. I can't, I, I want to get out of this town. I'm surrounded by this. I got to go. It's time to go. Let's go. She understood. She understood. Um, but I'll tell you, we got up there, Santa Barbara, and 
It turned me off to moving. So I give I give Kenny Absock a lot of credit. Uh, it's been a long move in the whole studio. I know, I know, Peter, you were lifting some things. And, and uh, we all appreciate your help. I appreciate your help. The important thing is you, you kept the brandy going. That's good brandy. That's uh, bourbon. Did I say brandy? I don't remember. I've had enough sips. Uh, but I appreciate your help. Everyone appreciates your help because inside Tinseltown, I'm feeling under the weather tonight. It's a little, a little low energy, I understand. Um, you know, the first guest I had up in Santa Barbara, so I invited all the people who had lived up in Santa Barbara. Yeah, you know, Mikey Douglas has got his friends. Uh, and he, this is post, like, Romancing the Stone, right? So he's got DeVito. It was just a ball of laughs, no pun intended. Uh, Rio Perlman at the time, they were they were coming up. And I love Cheers. Cheers was a great show there. And uh, uh, But the, I'll tell you what, the first person I invited, because I really thought this guy was going to be a big star. He, did, I, he, he didn't even live in America. But I said, you get on a plane, the Concorde or whatever it is, you fly over there, get over here and come see me. It was Timothy Dalton. I think his Bond pictures were underrated pictures, not just for uh, everything or nothing pictures, not for the broccoli family. I said overall for Bond. I really, I thought so. I thought he's James Bond. Look at Connery, Roger Moore, different, different career, but Connery, one of the all-time greats, right? Unless he's doing a Russian accent. Did you ever see the movie First Night, nineteen ninety-five? Julia Ormond, Richard Gere. Oman's a talent, underrated. Uh, I actually like Richard Gere. I think he's a movie star in the old sense of the word. They did a movie called First Night. It was about uh, uh, Merlin and uh, Frodo and uh, the ring and all that, and, and um, Lancelot. And uh, King Arthur uh, was uh, was played by Sean Connery there. And he's fighting Gandalf and stuff. Sorry, I'm coughing because I'm not feeling too good tonight. That's the pauses. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, uh, Connery, in that movie, I thought, he's nailing this King Arthur thing. This movie's going to be the biggest thing in the world. Didn't do nothing. Nothing. So I invited Timothy Dalton up to Santa Barbara, out to Santa Barbara. And he shows up, he flies out. I said, we got to make you, you are going to be the biggest star in the world. These bonds are going to cement your legacy. Or at least launch it. We will do the cementing. And I said, look, um, there's a project coming out. And uh, I think you'd be great for it. And I think this would really launch you into the, the next level with American audiences, your bond. It's time to do this. And we were going to put together this deal to do it. And he said no. He said, I, I just don't think it's right for me at this time. And uh, that picture, it was well into development. And they had a lead uh, that I wasn't sure about. And I wasn't directly producing it, but I was consulting it on there. And the lead was a, a TV star, uh, a romantic comedy TV star, which I thought didn't have a lot of legs. And it was uh, the, the picture Die Hard. And I said to Timothy Dalton, I think, yeah, we put you in a, in a, in a undershirt. We shave your head a little bit. And I, I, think, I think this works. Uh, you, you keep your accent. You don't need an American accent there. Just come over and do this picture. You're in a, we're down here in Culver City area. You can come up there and, uh, at the uh, Nakatomi Plaza, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't read the script too well. I just, I just, he said no. And so we had no choice. We had to go with the TV star, Bruce Willis. 
and it, it launched him and Timothy Dalton's career. I think he's well-respected. He's great in that movie Hot Fuzz, great comedy picture from England, but uh, I think it could have been something else. Point was, two years into it, I was like, we're out of here. Santa Barbara ruined uh, my my Hollywood passions. It might have ruined Timothy Dalton's career because, quite frankly, I think he was just tired from the flight over. Um, but I, we we packed up, and we literally packed up. She uh, she ended up moving uh, to San Francisco uh, with uh, a gardener. That didn't last, and I moved back down, and I was living in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, with inside, inside two years, I'd found a place. So speaking of inside, inside Tinseltown, I'm fighting through this cold. We're going to be back after this break. We've got to pay the bills here at the Knapsack Files uh, podcast feed. So happy you're here. This is Dutch Allen. You've got Go Picture Kid inside Tinseltown. Back after this. I'm dying here, Peter. I'm absolutely dying here tonight. It's not, I'm not stopping to smoke. I'm smoking, Petey. Don't tell me what to do. Yes, I'm grouchy. I feel I feel a little better. Welcome back. It's Dutch Allen here. Maybe it's suburban. I don't know. My voice is scratchy. Everything's st- I'm stuffy. Thank you for sticking around after the break here. It's the Knapsack Files podcast feed. This is the Saturday night special lineup. This is where uh, Kenny Knapsack releases some shows that uh, he knows that a lot of people uh, across the board don't like. <laughs> That's why I say it. But he knows that each show has some fans. And, and Dutch Allen inside Tinseltown has just that. Some fans. So, welcome back here. We're talking about a lot of things. Here's something I do want to talk about tonight here. And this is this obsession with the scoops. This is the movie news business. Uh, I, I, I'm familiar with this, all right? I've got friends in the business uh, who have long since passed or who have been around. Leonard Moulton, Richard Roper, uh, yeah, Siskel and Ebert, God rest their souls. Yeah, I remember them. And they're, they're more the critics. And then there's the Army Archards of the world who used to be the reporters and used to dig deep. But I have a, a pal named, uh, yeah, a lot of people know him as Scoops McGee. Uh, he, he was a good cat. Still is still around. I don't talk to them as much anymore. Uh, these are people that do the film business, and lots change. The internet, internet has opened it up there. So now, if you if you if you want to buy yourself a, a web blog and you put it up there and you, you pay your fees or whatever you got to do, and then you you call yourself uh, you know the inside movies guys, uh, you you can. You can run with the show. Now, here's the thing. I don't think this is a bad thing. And I want people to hear that. I'm going to say that again. I don't think that's a bad thing. People having fun celebrating movies. That's great. And you can connect with an audience and it grows. If you're lucky. Sometimes you can be good and still not grow. Doesn't mean you're not good. You're celebrating what you love. And then people start to tear things down. And But... but that's different. That spins it off into something else. The movie review world and everything, that's fine. Again, what's your job as a creator? What's your job? You get, go picture, kid. Your job is to just put it out there. You can't worry about the rest. But the movie news, it's, it's changed the game. But there's legitimate reporters out there that do this thing. And if they, if they announce something that say, hey, it's an exclusive 
That means they've called studio reps. They've called actors reps, PR people, and confirmed the information that they have received. And then they go with the story. And they get the clicks and they get the money. That's a business. And if you don't think that the, the creators and the producers, people like me, and even the actors, don't use them just as they use us, you're foolish. Leaks are often intentional. Uh, if something's denied, it's often true. It's, a, it's all a game. It's a shell game. And then everyone goes to parties and they enjoy the same shrimp cocktails and they call it a day. Life is a work. But it's a business. It's a legit business. But there's, I, I see a lot of times there, I'm watching from afar there, these people put the words out, exclusive, because they heard some story. It's our exclusive. Someone told someone who told me that uh, this picture is going forward in development. So uh, we're running, we don't know, take it with a grain of salt, uh, but uh, this is it. And here's our headline. Uh, Space Wizard gets TV show, you know? But they haven't confirmed anything. And their source, let me, let me tell you something. Their source could be 100% right. Occasionally that happens. The guy in the mailroom, uh, here's something. The guy on set has a friend and he says something at a party. Oh, I'm working on this new project. That person tells someone and it gets, hey, believe me, it happens. And then it's some more salacious too. People paying for tips, paying for information. That, that happens as well. Again, it's all part of the game. I have, don't have a problem with the news coming out. I don't. But it, what ends up happening is, is rumor gets printed as exclusive. It gets printed as fact. And you've got to be wary of that stuff. And wary of what they're doing it for. And wary when they get all upset and petty about it. When uh, maybe they're called upon it. Or the perception of who they are isn't what they feel they are. And maybe they're not. That's okay. That happens a lot too. I'm an award-worthy movie producer. You probably look at me as an old cigarette-smoking hack. That's the perception. I can't change that. Again, it's all my responsibility. My responsibility is just put it out there. And so I've seen, I've seen how it goes, man. And Scoops McGee, my old friend, was good. But he wasn't great. Ami Archie was great. And we trusted them. We talked to them. And the real reporters get that. T- they have that. They can call up someone in the PR team, and say, hey, uh, I'm hearing this. I got scuttlebutt. You want to comment on this scuttlebutt? No, we're not going to comment. I can't comment at this time. It's all going to be revealed. Usually done with a wink and a nod, and then you wait, you sit on it. Sometimes you got to go. Sometimes someone else is sniffing around your story, so you got to go, but you confirm it. You confirm it. And be careful of some of those terms, in talks, in development, everything, everything, I do mean everything in Hollywood, is in development and in talks. Quite frankly, the only time it's a done deal is when you sit down in the movie house and something flickers on the screen in front of you. Even stuff in production. You know how many movies I've gotten to the set? Only to have them not see the light of day. Or came out... uh, in the clamshell market in the 80s, which is uh, the straight-to-VHS. I've, I've got a couple movies on there. I don't brag about them. I don't want you to see them. There's a reason. There's a reason. Which is funny, too, because I think the old Hollywood, and I, I understand it, 
when they see, hey, straight to Netflix, a streaming service or something like that, they think of the old VHS days. If it's not in the theater, it doesn't count, right? I understand it. It's not true, though, now. Now it's different there. Now uh, uh, Netflix and Hulu and all these, they're winning awards. VHS tapes didn't win awards back in the day, but I digress. So I see a lot of it. And then there's a, there's a, there's a rush to get just a rumor of a story out. And that itself almost isn't a sin. People are going to do what they're going to do. Again, in a way, they're under the same thing. They're creating something. They put it out there. Uh, what happens after that? I don't know. I think there should be a responsibility. I think a responsibility should, you know, should be out there to make sure you have verified, trusted and verified sources time and time again. Get it verified, get it verified again, then you put it out there. But then the other problem is, is everyone, I see this all the time. I log in on Facebook to see my aunt, who's still alive, uh, lives out in Hoboken. Um, she'll post, hey, yeah, she'll post some interesting things, but so do I. Um, she really loves games with candy in it, farms, still. Um, you know, these rumor stories come out, and then, and then people who aren't in the know or don't follow up on these movies aren't watching them, they'll share the stories. Hey, look, uh, Space Wizards getting a TV show. And here's the thing, that that's, could be very true, could end up being true, could very well end up being true. But at the time, this is a complete bollock, so it's complete made up, or it's partially true. It's a guess that they got right. But then the person sharing the story puts it out and treats it as real. And then a person listening to them treats it as real. And so on and so on and so on. And now you have so-called fact of something that probably wasn't true or something that might be true or something that's dated. Hey, this performer has signed a contract to be in a program, to be in a picture. It probably happened a year ago. But you're treating it effect now. And you're trying to, and you and you try to get your hits. And you and you act like something you aren't. And I'm okay with it. Because what at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're all gonna be dust in the wind. Which was a great song, by the way. Sang that to my second wife uh, on a, at a wedding. I sang it. Uh, my second wedding was quite of an extravaganza. Big guest list. Steve McQueen was there. I remember Stevie. That was a movie star. He was there. Burt Reynolds. Of course, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise were there. I've, oh, those two cats, we ran around a lot there. Uh, Rickles was there. Did a, he did the, he did the, he not, I wouldn't call it the best man speech, but he did a speech. And let me tell you something. That same man from Hoboken, did not have a good time and did not enjoy his thing. Um, if I, you know, back in the day, you hired a priest. You went to a church. You, you said, "Hey, you mind saying the words?" And and, and they did. The, nowadays, the trend is to have your friends do it. There, uh, I would have, I would have had Rickles oversee my wedding, my second, I, all of them, quite frankly, but definitely the second one. But it was great. And I sang that song, the Dust in the Wind song. I don't know if it was apropos, but we did it. Uh, that match didn't last either. There, there's a dog barking in the studio. That's weird. Um, I, I don't want to go off on this for a while there because I'm shining lights on, on people. Uh, you know, God bless them. They're trying to make money. And I have no problem. You work, you work for a living, you work for a living. That's, uh, that's fine by me. But I, uh, I got to tell you, I just, I see the state of movie news reporting. And I have no problem if you start a, a podcast or a blog and you want to talk about movies and you want to review them. I 100% have no problem with that because that's great for people making the movies. That's free press. Publicity budgets take up, you know, so much of movies. 
So to have some uh, nice folks on the internet uh, talking about your project, I mean, that's that's worth its weight in publicity money. Trust me. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with the news. It's just, it, it, it's such a weird game now. And movies, it's not as fun, I don't think. It's not as fun. You know, the, the, the coming attractions trailer would be your first glimpse. I'd walk in, you know, when I'm in the business, at least I was. You walk into the movie house, you look over and you see a poster and you go, what? What in the world is Hudson Hawk? I can't wait to see this. You know, and then you see it and it doesn't pan out, trust me. But nowadays, you know, when they sign the deal, you know what the script is like, you get leaks and it's not as fun. I I love the people who are outside that bubble. Don't care. And that's the other thing too. Uh, then when then the people get the the they they, they the kerfuffles. They, they they get the they get their hackles up. They get the the feathers get ruffled. If you call them out on this stuff, or you say I don't know, your report might not, your exclusive report might be uh, not true or half true. Or what studio reps did you call to confirm this? And then they get upset. And then you mention it to someone who's not online or doesn't pay attention, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" The world's on the brink of destruction. I'm going to go see Hudson Hawk 9. I don't care about this. By the way, they, I think there's a way you could have done Hudson Hawk right. I'll share it on another show. And it sounds like I got something against Bruce Willis. But yes, the one, like at least the number third reason to make Hudson Hawk better, put in Timothy Dalton. Trust me. So uh, I'm not going to belabor the point anymore. It was just on my mind. Uh, and that's where we're at here at Inside Tinseltown. And I think I'm going to rest up. I'm going to finish this bourbon. We're going to go uh, finish this cig, even though Petey's going to frown at me. And then we're going to go on. The Knapsack Files podcast feed is made possible in a large part by the people's support at patreon.com slash catnapsack. That includes DJ Snacks, Thomas Rizzling, Lethal Logan X, uh, Matthew Simon, Bedore, Matt Thompson. Uh, we got Don along, Nathan Overdeal, Zach Anderson is a young comic out in Wisconsin. Ty Schallenberg is relatively new. He builds buildings in big cities. Ty, I've talked to the guys. Good kid. Uh, and then we got the uh, House Buddha. Uh, we got Tamor. Uh, we got Abdul. And we got Rafa. Rafa. Ra Fay. He's a new one. He's this, this is a new brother. He's come to the executive producer tier at patreon.com slash guydabsuck, and he's on the party now. Uh, a lot of fun. Consider supporting there. Uh, we uh, about a week away from uh, Cat Napsuck. Caddy uh, Napsuck runs this feed, being up in uh, Central Coast, which is uh, part of Santa Barbara's part of it, but it's, just, it's like the southernmost point of it there almost. Uh, for the screening of uh, Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope, George Lucas's picture, uh, Caddy's going to be there selling his book, Q&A, all those kind of things. Check it out. Go to centralcoastfilmsociety.org for more. All right? I think that's what it, that's that's it for today. I'm going to go. I'm going to finish this bourbon, probably with my pants off, probably with pants I've worn for more than 10 years. What are you going to do? You can't stop me. That's Inside Tinseltown. I'm Dutch Allen. You've got Go Picture, kid. We'll see you next time. Well, we got through it, Petey. Sometimes you just got to knuckle up. You know what I mean? You're good, though. I'm going to keep smoking, though.